Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFA podcast for round 9, 2023. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is man. Who's tired of all this tanking in the AFL? It is Adam Rosenbachs. G'day, Michael. G'day, junk timers. Yes, once again, the um, the topic of tanking has unfortunately reared its, reared its, its ugly. It has reared its ugly. It's an ugly head. It's a really ugly head. It's a head that we don't like looking at, and you rarely see it being talked about after round nine. But mm. I just think that it has become so apparent, particularly with one club, that you just go. You know, we're bringing in Tasmania, and I think this sullies the entry of Tasmania into our great game because one club is clearly aiming to get, you know, all the best new uh, uh, hottest young talent around the country before, you know, the other teams come in. And I just don't think it's fair. When you play against this particular side, it is a weighted game. You know you're going to win. Other teams just load up. If you're lucky enough to play against this team twice. Oh, you're laughing. You're fucking. You're top four. You're top you're four already. Top four. You got. You got one hand on the cup. <laughs> you basically do, and I just think that John Longmire and the Sydney Swans no. are an absolute fucking disgrace. No wonder if they had cola, I'd strip it off them again yep. just to say this is the penance you pay. Because Michael, I don't know if you saw on the weekend, and they have done this for the whole year, but they've been playing. This 36-year-old bloke, right? He's tall. He's gangly. I don't think... I'd like to check his skin folds because I don't reckon he's given a fuck for a few years now. And they're still playing this old bloke. Uh On the weekend, he took a mark, right? Right outside the goal square. And then he's so old and dumb and doesn't know the rules, <laughs> he just turned around and played on. And there was a Fremantle guy, Luke Ryan, was just standing there and tackled him. And he gave away the fucking free kick. It's ugly. It was I, an embarrassment. It's embarrassing also just how blatantly obvious it is. And the AFL is doing nothing mm. about this travesty. Trying to get a simple advantage, just trying to drip down the ladder, get those draft picks. As he said before the Tasmanian teams come in, get all the, mm. get all the hot young guns coming through the game. And they're playing this Lance Buddy Franklin. Yeah. Uh, The investigation of the AFL should begin today, and given how the AFL does investigations, I expect it to finish in the year 2045. (laughs) Yeah, they'll be all over that. They'll be all over that. They'll interview one side of the um, (laughs) issue, and they won't speak to anyone else about it. But this is the first time, apparently, that this this bloke has been uh, held goalless consecutive games at the Sydney Swans. I mean, that tells you that he shouldn't be there. I think he's kicked like seven goals for the year. I mean, we all saw him in the grand final last year. Now, if that wasn't the perfect moment to retire that mm. fella. Yeah. And, you know, good on him. Apparently, he's been a servant for the club for um, nine years or 11 years got or something a, like that. Got them a little bit of media over the journey. Just a little yeah. headline every now and then. You know, sold a couple of jumpers. No big deal. Maybe sold a handful of tickets to maybe get people into the game. But I would say, don't be surprised if you see next week at the Sydney Swans lining up, you will see 
at full forward, Lance Franklin at centre half forward, Dermot Brereton. That's how bad this team is going in their in their attempts to fucking get the number one pick. I thought you were going to say you're going to have Lance Franklin at full forward, then Lance Whitnell at centre half forward. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that that's a team that's properly tanking. <laughs> uh, poor buddy, poor big Budwa. I actually am wondering, I reckon uh, uh, if, if he's ever been dropped, I'm going to say at Hawthorne maybe he was dropped. Um, I reckon that, there would have been periods in that early couple of years that he might have been dropped. That is a great question without notice, but mm. it couldn't have been for long. I genuinely, and you know, I didn't pay that much attention to him uh, when he started out at Hawthorne. But I would be very surprised that if he did got did get dropped in those early years because you were just trying to get games into the young yeah, players. Yeah, true. Uh, he might have been rested, actually. He might have been more managed in terms of that kind of stuff. Like, he, his breakout year was 07. So that's yep. the year he kicked. I think he kicked about 70 or so. And I think that was a pretty steep rise from 06. So 05 was the first year. He wore a different number. He had like 30-something or 40-something. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, he wasn't on as the 23. Um, I mean, you know, you say that that was in, uh, so 06 he was good and then 07 he had the rise. That was that was 16 years ago, 17 oh years God, ago. Like, that's a fucking long time to have been playing uh, AFL at the top level. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's amazing. Like, you know, I remember when I was in my 30s, that's when you start to feel sore for no reason. You just wake <laughs> up and you're like... What the fuck just happened in bed last night? You know, it's funny that. I actually haven't got to that point in my life. You know, that kind of thing of people like, oh, if I'm up past half past midnight, it, you know, it kills me. Like, I mean, I, I am a night owl, but mm. I don't get done. I don't get done. Um, maybe the people around me suffer more than me. But like, you know, if I have to kind of go to bed at one and get up at five, like I actually don't get too fussed by that. I'm annoyed, but I want to sleep. But it doesn't linger with me for the whole day or even like a big night out. Like people go, oh, you know, five days to recover. And I kind of never felt that. I feel like right. I need to have the creaky back or something. That I don't know. Maybe maybe I should be studied or put in a museum or something. <laughs> oh, mate, you should definitely be studied and put in a museum, I but not the, for uh, the reasons that you think. <laughs> get Dr. Chris Brown to give me a once-over <laughs> physical. <laughs> <laughs> so you never wake up. So I mean, you don't you don't go to the gym or go for runs. Well, I'm I'm active in my own way. Uh, <laughs> Please do tell the junk time listeners what your own way means. Oh, you know, actually, no, actually, actually, this is a good point. Actually, the last couple of days, I um, I've woken up with a crook neck, yeah, which has led to a rather severe migraine. Um, so I was walking around work yesterday, actually, with a um, uh, what do you call it, a hot pack around my neck. You know, the thing you put in the microwave. Yeah, no, hot pack. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows I, what they are, mate. And then I chucked a couple of um, Nurofen. I was like, good as new. But I was there. You I'm, go, mate. I'm a kind of Panadol guy. We'll talk about football shortly, guys. <laughs> I'm a Panadol guy. I, f- I feel like New Friends a bit exotic. Like I don't kind of quite know what's going to do to me. Like you know. Well, uh, no, but Nurofen's your anti-inflammatory, and Panadol's more for your pain. So you can take both at the same time if you wanted to. Well, I I got handed a bag of anti-inflammatories. Actually, funny you should say. Oh, that. crushed up. <laughs> crushed up. Okay. I, yeah, I kind of carry. I do carry a bag. Now you now you're reminding me. I do carry a bag <laughs> yep, at yep. all times of crushed. I up know you, you you palmed me that bag for some reason <laughs> at the casino the other week. I don't know why. Um, I had I had a bunch of people take um, eight kilos of anti-inflammatories to Bali not long ago just to kind yep. of yeah you know, get it amongst the people. See, Nurofen, that's down the shallow end. I'm more your OxyContin kind of guy. You yeah, know? sure. I, I, I like my I like my heavy gear. Can I ask another question? What's fentanyl for? Like, what are you? So uh, when I came out of hospital mm. after I had my uh, golden staff and had my back issue, I had a fentanyl patch on, and it's a 
um, uh, an anesthetic, I guess, a slow release kind of pain pain relief. And I when they took it off, so it kind of it's like a nicotine patch, I guess yeah. it sticks to you. And I reckon it was on for like maybe a week and a bit. And then they said, like, on this date, take it off. And I had the withdrawals when I took it off. Really? Again? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so what kind of withdrawals were these? Were they uh, kind of cold and sweaty or shaking or? Yeah, yeah. Just like uh, itchy skin, you know, just the whole, the, the works. Yeah, wow. That's yeah, really like fascinating. Yeah, like I was fucking out cleaning windscreens. It was fucking horrible. <laughs> I went through it all, mate. I went through it all. Did they tell you about withdrawals or did they not bring that up? Uh, they did with the fentanyl patch because they were quite, the, you know, because it's particularly serious. A lot of people are, um, the one thing, I remember reading a guy in the Gold Coast and it didn't end well, you know, he, he passed away. But he wore, someone gave him a fentanyl patch to wear like, you know, like you take recreational drugs. Yep, and they're right. like, just pop this fentanyl patch on. And yeah. he overdosed. And you're like, it's really fucking serious stuff. They did tell me when I put that on there, like, just be really careful with that. But also they knew the strength of it. But when the first time I got OxyContin after I did my shoulder, mm. they didn't tell me what that was. And so they were like, oh, if you're in pain, just pop a couple of these. And so I did because I was in pain. And, mate, I slept for like 12 hours on my back. Really? I never normally sleep on my back. I'm like, this is the fucking best. And then it just ran out after five days. I didn't, like, wean myself off it. And that was proper junky time. Like, really? proper withdrawals. Oh, mate, the fucking worst night of my life. Oh, wow. Yeah. And That's I was remarkable. like, really would have appreciated someone telling me so I could at least, you know, halve the dose over yep. a couple of nights. Yep, sure. Well, you've been in the wars, haven't you, over the journey? I mean, that one was shoulder reconstruction from being, you know, a tough guy at footy. So, what can you do? But mate? how many times would you pop your shoulder? Like, when do you kind of go, I need a reconstruction? Oh, I would have dislocated my shoulder at least a dozen times. Yeah. And how many yeah. of them would have been in action? How many have been would have been just incidental and, you know, just moving your arm and it pops out? Uh, in action, probably, yeah, like maybe half a dozen times. And then another couple just slip out. Like, one time at the golf course when I went to throw the club and my arm just... <laughs> And I was just like, well, this is not fucking great. You are a thrower. I remember playing tennis with you years and years and years ago, and you kept on chucking the racket because you were you know, not hitting the ball in the net or whatever. You got a bit of a temper there, Adam. Oh, I'm zen now, mate. Things have changed. Ever since I've been on the oxys, I'm the oxys. fine. What do you got to yep. do? You got to do like I do. You got to find an elevator, and then no one's around, <laughs> you kick the fuck out of that elevator. Yes. Yes, you do. Now, we were talking about Buddy Franklin and the Swans <laughs> tanking. <laughs> Your football team... For the first time in my, you guys are deliberately playing for the number one pick and it is an absolute and outright fucking disgrace and it is skewing the competition. If someone gets Hawthorne twice, I think there's one team that I think gets either we'll get Hawthorne and North twice or uh, I think it's North and West Coast okay. twice. I don't so think no anyone gets, gets the, all three of you twice. No one gets the triple crown. No, no um, one gets six games. Uh, it's interesting that by the fact it actually came up last night, and I actually haven't fact-checked this, but I'm going to go with it being true. I think it was my yep. dad, I might have said it. We had a Mother's Day thing. Just me, just me and dad. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, they said Hawthorne hadn't won a f wooden spoon in 65 years. Um, oh, sorry, not, sorry uh, since 1965. So okay. it's never actually happened in my lifetime. I'm, f I'm a little bit excited about it, Adam. A little bit excited. What, what's it? No, Adam, Adam, tell me. What's it oh, like God. to win a wooden spoon? You know what? After the first six or seven, yep. you kind of just, they, they kind of wash over you, you know? Because you, you learn 
that getting that number one draft pick is not the be-all and end-all that everyone cracks it up to be. Um, and do you at least get excited about the idea that you're going to get a number one draft pick? Because you've got about yeah, seven Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely you do. You, you look at uh, who's, who's available and you just – all you want to do is not fuck that up. That is all you want from your number one pick. And we, over the journey, have made a few mistakes – in some of our number one picks. So let me think. You got Cruiser. Yep, we got Mark Murphy. We got Bryce Gibbs. Yep. We got Jacob Wiedering. We got Sam Walsh, and I think that might be it for the ones we have a few more on our list. But I think that's our and didn't all you get, of ours. Did you get Juddy for maybe giving up a number four or something? And Josh Kennedy would that be right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might have been pick three and and Josh Kennedy. Yeah. I'm actually just looking up because actually, well, so okay, so 65 is the last time we won one. Um, okay. But it's kind of interesting actually because we we won the premiership in 61, made the grand final in 63. Uh, we bombed yeah, out right. in 62. I remember reading an article about a Hawthorne player, and he said in the first game they were about to run out, maybe at Glen Ferry, and um, they were like he'd never seen a team kind of so blase, kind of not like we're going to win everything, but just like, yeah, we've already won it. Like, not like we've won a premiership. Yes, right, right, yeah. Pro- probably still in party mode, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and then, so from a grand final to Wooden Spoon in two years is quite remarkable. Yeah, I mean, I guess West Coast have kind of been the ones that have quick, most quickly fallen off the cliff, wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah. they're in the... In the Grand final in, well, they won the premiership in 2018. So in f- they, they've been shit for like three years now. No, they they yeah, fell apart right. pretty fucking quickly. North Melbourne, obviously, when... It's just amazing when you hang on to old players for as long as teams do, like yep. you guys did, like yeah. West Coast did, like yep. North did. And then that recycling of players just takes so much longer than you ever expect. Yeah, for sure. Like, we topped up, topped up, topped up, and now we're yep. finally actually going to a draft. I think it might have been a couple of years ago we got a... I think maybe even last year was like our highest pick in, you know, eight years or something like that, you know? Yeah, but like you've that. still got Chad Wingard, so anything could happen. Well, yeah, I mean, he might be on the chopping block for this week. Um, it was a funny one. I actually got to go. I actually got to go. My second game of the year. Uh, Who did Hawthorne play on the weekend? We played Melbourne at the traditional football time of 4.35 on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, great, great. Which just it, The good thing about it is it just fits perfectly with everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, it does. It, it's it's what you want. Well, I mean, it, it, if you go to that, then you can still party on at night. So yeah. it's actually not the worst time in the world. I mean, I wasn't too fussed by the fact I'm, you know, working flat chat, so I wasn't like going anywhere or going out that night or whatever. So I, I wasn't yeah. too bothered by it. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, we've we'll get that spot. We got that spot a couple of times, a few times this year, and I imagine for the next few years we're going to be uh, not playing a lot of Friday or Thursday nights. I would imagine. No, you were very far off Broadway. I think West Coast are probably the ones that are furthest away from everything. Like, at least North, you can see them in the rebuild. They've got a few young players in. Hawthorne are going about it, and that way you got rid of all your fucking top-end talent. I mean, you're not... And, you know, this is me being honest about it. You're not actually tanking, but you're just not capable of winning. I think you're which right. Which is not a bad thing yeah. for you guys. Yeah. Um, like, all you want to see is them trying and putting in Endeavour, and they, they were a bit rubbish for the first half. Came out very strong in the third quarter, you know, held on in the fourth quarter. So I, I think I might have told this story before, but, like, there was a game, it was when Hawthorne and Richmond were at their lowest. I think Schwabby was about to leave. Um, uh, Spud Frawley was about to leave as well. Yep. And it was, like, round 21 or something, and it was literally two hours of, like, 25, maybe 30,000 people at the MCG just, just groaning for two hours. Just like, <laughs> like, And you also, like... 
when Hawthorne would make an error, you'd groan. And then, like, Richmond would make an error, and you'd, in sympathy, you'd just be like, oh. <laughs> like, you wanted a mercy rule at, like, halfway through the first quarter. So can the AFL mandate uh, – so basically you're, you're in trouble because you got rid of so many experienced players in one sort of fell yeah, swoop. Yeah. Can the AFL – because, you know, it completely fucks up the integrity of the competition and you have ruined the 2023 season. Let me put that on the record. Yep. Should the AFL bring in a little – this is a uh, integrity question without notice. Yeah. Should they say that if you do that, then you can't get – or should there be a lo- – okay, should there be a lottery for the number one draft pick? Well, that's actually a good question. I actually am curious about why they do have a lottery in, say, the NBA. Oh, well, is that because of the um, uh, the conference system teams may be on the same level? But you can always divide teams into there's literally a 30-second 30 30 team. Like, 30, I mean, like, 32. Oh, <laughs> 30 yes, number 32, team. yeah. Yeah. But, um, but then I was thinking, do you know why they do have a lottery in the, in, say, I US think sport? it's to stop tanking. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah actually, I think it just point. does. So so the last team, so say in the, in the AFL, you might get, um, so it's only like the bottom, say, 10, all the teams that missed the finals. Mm. So say Hawthorne might get, say you finish last, you'll get 10 chances to be the number one pick. Whoever finished 17th will get nine chances and then they pull the ball out of the, so there might uh, be okay. 10 Hawthorne balls, nine North Melbourne, yep. eight. So you, you're still more of a chance, but it's, as they say, it's a lottery. Um, I mean, is sending people in for injuries tanking? Like, you know, yes. putting them get their ankle cleaned up or whatever? Yeah, I guess it is. I, I suppose once you once you know you can't make the finals, then yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too. Like once we get to say round, say 14, when teams know that they're not going to make the finals yeah. and they just go, let's play the kids, that's tanking. So the whole the whole last third of the season is compromise. Why it should the fuck be. do we watch this fucking game? No one's trying. <laughs> But then, actually, maybe your idea might have a merit by the fact that well, obviously does. you have a salary cap, but mm. maybe you should also have a games cap. So you have to have a team that has played a certain number of games to well, go on like the it. ground. So you, therefore, you have you you can still have your kids and like, but you need to have those experienced players to be able to get the game to get across a game threshold, whether it be yeah. So you've got to have like thirty five hundred games total yeah, on your something team, something like that. So you can and have so a couple of really so you hopefully that's where you get like you get KB out of retirement. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get you get KB and Boomer Harvey in your forward line. You can play all the kids you want. <laughs> no, you have Boomer as like a, a sub, a medical yeah. sub. <laughs> yeah, and Dustin Fletcher just stands at full back, doesn't do yeah. anything, but he's fucking yeah. out there. Fucking hell, Buddy Franklin's got a lot going for him nowadays. He's got another ten years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> fucking get him back out there. Um, but I actually am wondering about that, like um, uh. Yeah, with three teams now kind of clearly, you know, not going to do much. Yeah, like, um, and, and I mean, I actually am enjoying it by the fact that um, living in Sydney for whatever and, you know, and when I say whatever, I mean, I don't actually really know where I live there. But um, trying to bank as many games. So I actually am very enthused to go to games and, you know, um, and they did the bucket boogie on the big screen at, I think, Oh, what's time, a bucket boogie? So it's a KFC thing. So they put the camera on people and they just kind yeah. of dance. So, yeah, they're doing the bucket boogie. boogie. Oh, that's what you want. I mean, Bongo Cam felt tired. The bucket boogie seems fresh. It's fresh. For the, it's fresh. <laughs> and it's, the kind of, it's the kind of innovative ideas that's going to get yeah. uh, the new generation. I mean, I listened to an interview on SEN with the chairman of the Swans, Andrew Pritis. Is that right? I think um, so. 
And he was saying, you know, Sydney's, you know, still New South Wales is still missing out, and you know, there's been a kind of downturn in interest. And I mean, the answer is right in front of them, isn't it? Yeah. Like just bringing in the bucket boogie at every home game, and then all of a sudden, I actually think they'd actually have to n- move every game to A and Z. Well, I was going to say it's probably yeah. a little bit dangerous to bring it in because of the yeah. uh, chaos that would yeah. ensue. You know, the people if you the bring front. it in the first time and you haven't allocated every mm-hmm. seat. Yeah, and you get it right outside the SCG. It's just not. It's probably not worth it. So that's probably why they don't do it. Well, it's probably a shame because they've rebuilt the football stadium, and I think they want to mm. do some renovations to the Olympic Stadium out at Homebush. And it's kind of. I hope they haven't already kind of committed too much, yeah. or you know, worked out the budget by the fact. You know, I think the Olympic Stadium fits about eighty tops. You'd probably want to put another. 150 80. on top of that. Yeah, yeah. No, you'd want to make it massive. If you're going to get people doing the bucket boogie all at once. And two, it would test out the structural integrity if you've got, uh-huh. uh, you know, 230,000 people doing the bucket boogie. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Yeah, you don't want to be yeah. near any um, um, uh, fault lines for earthquakes. No, no, it'll create one. That's yeah. the danger in it. Because I actually uh, I remember going to the Coliseum a few years ago in Rome. Uh-huh. And uh, yep. you know how, like, you know, the walls have fallen <laughs> over and stuff. You know what yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> this is the bucket boogie. <laughs> the ancient bucket boogie. It was tough. It was tough. <laughs> now, now your uh, your former coach gave your current coach yet another clip on the weekend. This is this is bu- uh, brewing up very beautifully. Just a little angry ant. Just kind of, just kind of, just gonna keep on giving jibes. Just keep on giving little jibes. Until it just blows up spectacularly. So I fucking love this one. So they got Clarko, the super coach, the man mm. with four premierships to his name. He was uh, asked to speak to uh, like um, under eighteen kids, uh, yep. probably you know the kids that are coming through, played Sandringham Dragons, all those kind of you know what was formerly the TAC Cup, and I can't remember what its name is now. But anyway, you all know the kids that I'm talking about. So Clarko went in there and talked about you know how you have to perform. In the finals, that's where it counts. And he recounted that Sam Mitchell wasn't particularly good in quite a few of your first couple of grand finals and didn't play that well in early finals. So he's just out of nowhere, just kind of brought up, you know, someone who these kids probably hadn't thought about as a, like someone that they would have looked up to. I don't remember, I don't imagine many 17-year-olds are going, fuck, I wish I was like Sam Mitchell. Well, if you think about it, if it's 2023, Sam Mitchell mm-hmm. played his last premiership eight years ago. So what if, yep. if you're 17 now, you were, what, nine, nine. back then? Yeah. yeah. And uh, maybe if you're a Hawthorne fan, you'd probably be, you know, very aware of him. But um, but it's it was a kind of ongoing story for a while by the fact that, well, let me put it this way, Adam. There's a thing called a WrestleMania moment, all right? Oh, yeah. So people want to have their WrestleMania moment. So that's like I want to do the big move. I want to, you know, have the big title win or, you know, say like Mick Foley, he got put through a flaming chair by Edge. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> oh, – sorry, it's a flaming table. Um, and so I think it was brewing for a while for Sam Mitchell that he hadn't had his grand final moment. So he had yep. dud, a dud 08, a dud 12, 13. But then he got 30 touches in 14, 15. But, but kind of everyone got 30 touches. But, um, yeah, okay. Because they were kind of over by half time. But yeah, and, and it's been brewing. I think Sam wrote about it in his book. And the thing I think he did. He found interesting was that I think he said I was holding, you know, crying baby. My wife was holding. I was a holding baby. a screaming child at the time, and Lyndall, his wife, was holding the other child. Uh, their their other son was crawling on the floor, and he got the message 
from Clarko that said, when was the last time you played well in a final? Which is fucking brutal. <laughs> I hope it came with a asking for a friend or something. Yeah, but or just with an eggplant emoji just to, <laughs> to finish it off. Just like, yeah, hey, mate. Well, I, I often like maybe put like a cute little funny photo or something. You know, just kind of oh, be yeah. like... Or, or a gif, like someone maybe doing the bucket. Yeah, minutes. yeah. Kind of go, like, like a boogie, sorry. You know, like... Why are you such a cunt? And having like a little <laughs> monkey kind of running around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I imagine, I actually made me wonder what kind of messaging you do get from the coach, stuff like that. Is it just a kind of random text every now and then? Or is it like, because I feel like that's more of a conversation. You don't send that in a text. No, you would want to. You'd want to have a chat about that. Like, is Clarko just sitting there at like what? I'd love to know what time did that text come through at two in the morning? Like, yeah, Clarko's just point, sitting actually. at home. He's watching the replay. Yeah. You know, he's had a couple of froths. He's like, yeah. "Fucking, do I send it?" Nah, and he's written it a couple of times. Yeah, and he's gone. Ah, oh, fuck it. And then he's woken up in the morning. He's like, "Oh, fuck it. All right. When was the last time you played well in a final? You up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it might have been twenty eleven. I think they might have played Geelong in a qualifying that year they yeah he had 19 disposals yeah sure sure but it was a, it was a brewing kind of story but i do find it kind of funny how clarko i think he would say i told the story in a kind of he overcame adversity in a way or you know yes, hey yeah, this young okay. man who got told no 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 and then he kind of won the morris won the gardener won the brownlow you know he came through and did it but at the same time the clarko is kind of relishing in the fact of going like I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I also love about this is I don't imagine. So this is Clarko talking to a bunch of under 18s yeah. that it stood out that much because there wouldn't have been any media there. This is just a private thing yeah, yeah. where you talk to, you know, elite young footballers and we get, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yep. And that eyebrows would have been raised of just being like, fucking hell, did you hear what he said about Sam Mitchell? Bloody like, hell. He's fucking gone hard. This is uh this this is three sixty stuff. I mean, I got I gotta feed yeah. this I gotta leak this to Robbo. <laughs> and then there's a whole bunch of kids who now are just going, I hope to God I am not in the top four of the possible <laughs> potential draft picks because I could end up playing under this fucking arsehole. Yeah, sure, sure. But no, it's bubbling along very nicely. It and I and I think it will explode at some stage. Hey, did you see the footage about Wayne Wayne Harms the other day? I mean, people, this exonerates. This is like the Zapruder fucking vision. Yeah, sure, what has sure. Just happened. Like people have said for years, and you know, non-Carlton people, obviously, but scum out there have claimed that Wayne Harms in the nineteen seventy-nine Grand Final, when he kicked the ball off the side of his boot and chased yep. it down into the forward pocket yep. and tapped it back into Ken Sheldon, yep. who went on to kick a goal, and Carlton went on to win by five points. They have said that that ball was those filthy fucking idiots said that the ball was out of bounds which is an absolute disgrace to the honor of the man that Wayne Harms is so 44 years we've had this and I I feel like we have kind of maybe closed the door I mean it's fun to talk about but also I find it interesting you say like the Zapruder film actually you know shows the real story I think the Zapruder film actually (laughs) opened the door for the fucking conspiracy theories yeah We'd actually be better off like not knowing there's um there's a Pruder film. Um, I wonder if there's someone out there who was there that day who filmed who's just like, oh, fucking hell, that's right. I, I, I fucking I filmed Lee Harvey Oswald in the book depository. I should bring that out. Um, there was footage someone had put online. I'm not sure who actually. But it was the ABC had filmed the grand final that day as well. 
and they yes. had a tighter shot than the Channel 7 cameras. Now, how well, is they, this... They, their camera was slightly... Um, they had different cameras. So this, this is what I find um, fantastic. So it was Rep Bartlett, Kevin Bartlett's son, who puts oh, yeah. his stuff up online. And the ABC, so they didn't broadcast the game, but they filmed the game. Okay. And so it was on Channel 7, but they had different cameras... And yep. their camera was slightly more towards the wing than the Channel 7 one. Not by much, yep. but it shows enough that it keeps Wayne Harms's, uh, Wayne Harms uh, keeps the ball in and you don't see it go over the line. But what I find fascinating with this stuff, who the fuck has sat on this yeah. for 44 years? What are you yeah. doing? Yeah, yeah. Like who at, at any stage kind of like just kind of going through, if have access to even ABC archives and just be like, Oh, I'd be, I'd be curious to see what, what this looks like. I've never seen this before. Like, you know. Yeah. But there was the one, I remember Remember the do, don't think, don't hope, do, that audio recording? Yes, that came from someone's backyard, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, so it was when they made that documentary about the 100 years of the AFL, VFL. Um, and I think they literally found, some person found it in their garage and they found a recording of Tom Hafey as well. And I imagine maybe accompanied by footage, but I think they were yep. intending to make a doco a show or something about coaches and they literally fa- but we we would never have had that do don't think don't hope like um if if that that footage wasn't found you know 20 years later and just amazing that someone filmed it and then it like all i'm saying is like if you filmed it then you filmed it for a purpose and then you just put it in the shed and they just never go back to it never be like oh yeah, i yeah. should probably watch that again or that's right it's got you know john kennedy on there talking Maybe I should give it to someone, or someone would probably love to see this. Yep, yep, yep. Um, now I, just for the fun of it, am adamant that the ball was out. The yeah, ball so was way out. It was so out, Adam. Mate, not... you, did Did you watch the vision again? Did you watch did, the ABC? Yeah. No, vision? it's yeah. not out. It's not out. Yeah, it's not yeah. out at all. But I also find fascinating. I think I've said this on the pod before. I find fascinating that. From the impression of that moment, you feel like it happened in the last minute of the game, the way yeah. it's talked about. But it happened about ten minutes before the um, final siren. Like, how about about the twenty minute mark? And so, yeah, therefore, I, you've, I you've think, always been told forever. Such, yeah, I think because it was such a low scoring game on a you know wet and dirty day that it was kind of like you know kind of critical and it might have put Carlton either in front or like an extra gave us a buffer. I, I mean, I was I was five. I can't remember it. Okay, gotcha. Do you? Yeah, you don't have any memory of. Oh, well, yeah, that you've just said you don't. 79 yeah. grand final? No, I don't remember that one. The, the yeah. first one I vaguely remember was the 1980 grand final being at um, someone else's house and they had it on. Remember one of those little portable TVs you had? They were like probably about – the screen was about the size of an iPhone. Yeah. And But it was a big chunky motherfucker and some guy was watching that in his garage and I remember being out there um, – Wait a second. What? Um. <laughs> <laughs> just buying some stuff off him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> With my uh, Bobber job money. And so that's um, how you love a fent- fentanyl came about? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, it's quite fascinating. Actually, I, I think this might kick off a little bit of a thing. Not the fact that, um, you know, we're looking for, you know, line ball decisions like that. But what what's out there in the archives of the ABC, if they have other grand final footage, you know, just different angles and the like. Well, I mean, that's a really good point. If they've got that, then they must have every kind of grand final during the 70s. But all of it, I mean, probably none of it matters because their cameras were basically next to the Channel 7 ones, but not quite. Okay. That's probably the only moment that it actually matters for. But the, the best thing about that one, if you watch the Channel 7 coverage, is Harms knocks it away 
And then they cut away again to Wayne Harms as he's standing up and you almost miss the Ken Sheldon yeah, yeah. goal. It's like the yeah, director's yeah. gone, oh, I'll cut away to the boundary again. It's like, get back to the fucking goal, you idiot. Well, maybe these channels said, maybe this channel 42 footage could open up doors in terms of like, maybe like, maybe Libba did kick a goal in that prelim, you know? Oh, fuck, here we go. Maybe Anthony Rocket did put it through the, through the high diddle diddle in the grand final. Maybe when we, maybe. maybe we need to go back and recount all of these games. Yeah, maybe Tom Hawkins did hit the post as he. Maybe. Oh no, we saw that anyway. Yeah, <laughs> they sort of won, unfortunately. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're going to hit the road. We are Junk Time Alpha Pod at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the Gram. Go, go, tanking. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.